Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. In the program this week, the All Blacks have finished their season with another Grand Slam. We'll hear from the head coach and the captain, who's the IRB Player of the Year for a third year running. The IRB 7 Series starts in Dubai this weekend, and New Zealand's veteran coach Gordon Titchens backgrounds his new-look squad. The field's been confirmed for the Heineken Open, and the tournament director talks about who'll be on court at the ASB Tennis Centre in Auckland in the second week of January. And the New Zealand Breakers are in Sydney on Sunday night after they got their basketball season back on track, following big losses in Perth and at home in a top-of-the-table match with Wollongong. To rugby first, though, and after conceding the Tri-Nations to South Africa last year, the All Blacks lost only once this season, finishing it with a third Grand Slam of wins over the four home nations for the third time in five years. Australia and South Africa both lost matches on their northern tours, and one of the reasons the All Blacks didn't, despite having to play 10 minutes against Wales with a man down while leading by only one point, is the lead-by-example captaincy of Richie McCaw. The skipper says an ambition to improve with every game has kept him at the top of his game and probably helped him receive the IRB Player of the Year award for a record third time. The 29-year-old flanker is the first player to receive the prestigious accolade three times as well as in consecutive years, cementing his position as one of the greats of the game. The award completes a hat-trick of IRB awards for New Zealand, with the All Blacks named Team of the Year for a fourth time in six years, and Graham Henry unveiled as Coach of the Year for a record fourth time. McCaw spoke with our rugby reporter, Barry Guy, after the awards evening in Paris, and while he was a clear favourite, he says it still came as a surprise. I don't know, you never really take it for granted, I suppose, but I guess with our team doing well this year, and Mills and myself being nominated, you know, I guess you always know there's a bit of a chance, but... You know, someone like Mills, he's obviously had a pretty good year, so I guess you always realise that uh, to get an individual award, you know, you need a team that's going to do well around you, and that's what I've been lucky with this year. And, you know, we've done pretty well, and that's sort of reflected, I guess, in the other two awards with Ted getting the coach of the year and uh, obviously the team of the year for the All Blacks. Yeah, a clean sweep for the year, really. I suppose that caps off what really has been, what, 13 victories out of 14? A great year. Yeah, and it's come about through a fair bit of hard work. It, you know, it doesn't just happen, I suppose. And you know, there was we had a good indie tour last year, and we wanted to build on that. And I think we did that for some. Well, we, we definitely did that. So when you look back on the 13 out of 14 players, would have been nice to have been 100 percent. But uh, I guess you know, the next best thing, I suppose. Technically, you obviously have what's required, but the All Black coaches for many years now have said every time you go out, you want to be the best or better than you have been before. So obviously that's a big motivating factor for you? Yeah, it is. Not, it doesn't always pan out like that, but you've got to have that attitude because if you don't, other teams move past you. And I, I think personally, that's why you keep playing the game because you feel like you can improve. Like if you just thought you were good, as good as you're going to be or you couldn't improve, it, I think you'd struggle to keep the motivation. So 
The one thing I've been proud of is that probably as a team and also personally over the years is you, you try and maintain the level of performance. It may go up and down a little bit, but try and be as consistent as possible. And I guess from a team's point of view, that's what we've, we've tried to do this year. And uh, for the most part, it's been pretty good. And any changes to the rules that there have been in recent years, you've obviously been able to overcome those because for a while there they thought, you know, it, it might do away with the Lucy, really? Yeah, well, big thing. And I, and I guess, you know, as things change, you, you've got to adapt the best you can and come up with ways to have an impact. Like uh, the breakdown's changed a wee bit. You need to be a lot more accurate than you were last year to get reward. But what it's done, the ball's in play more. So I've certainly put a lot of work into trying to be more effective with the ball in hand and because the game's still allowing it. So it's just been able to adapt to, I guess, the changes that go on and the people, the teams or the people that do it the quickest are the ones that usually do it right. This is the third year in a row now that you have won this. Is it a coincidence that you first won it the year after 2007 World Cup? You know, was that a key moment in some way? Oh, I, I suppose after that time, you know, you, you get a a few lessons taken out of that. You either get back on the horse and say, well, I'm going to take the lessons I got and, you know, improve, or you can uh, sulk and say everything was against me. And I, I suppose, personally, in the team, that's certainly the attitude taken. And I felt like at the time, you know, I could be better. I, I knew as a captain and as a player I could improve. And, you know, that's what drives me to do all the hard work of training and, and uh, you know, working on your game is that, I guess, that, that sort of drive, so... Yeah, I suppose that's a little bit to do with it. Now, the weather back here is wonderful now. Are you looking forward to a summer break, a bit of a glide, and, you know, uh, relax? Oh, mate, I can't wait. I've been a bit envious of people talking about how nice it's been. It's snowing here in Paris at the moment, so you get home at the weekend, so I'm really looking forward to that, get out and uh, do a bit of flying and whatnot. And not think about 2011 for a little while yet? No, that's the thing, I... That'll come around quick enough, I suppose, we get into the new year. That's when those thoughts start. But it'd be nice just to have a, have a break where you perhaps think about something else for a while. So uh, that's certainly what I'm looking forward to. That's Richie McCaw talking to Barry Guy. And this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. The accolades cap a phenomenal year for New Zealand rugby, with Julian Sevilla winning the IRB Junior Player of the Year in June and Carla Hohepper named IRB Women's Personality in September after a great World Cup. Meanwhile, head coach Graham Henry says winning the Tri-Nations undefeated and capping off the year with another Grand Slam has been superb. Henry says although it's the third time the All Blacks have beaten England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales in the last five years, that doesn't mean it's getting any easier to do. Particularly when you've played, you know, 14 test matches over a short period of time and done a lot of travel, so it's delightful to be able to... to, to the 2010 um, Grand Slam box. And, you know, we've, we've had the photographs of the 78 side, the 2005 side, the 2008 side, and we had this blank sheet of paper with 2010 underneath it with Grand Slams achieved. So that, that's very special to the team and very special to the guys involved. I think we have progressed as a rugby team because I, I think a lot of young guys have, have, have progressed their game. Like Owen Franks is now a pretty mature international tidy prop and I've noticed a huge difference in him. His round-the-field play, as you probably noticed, has improved immensely. His carrying, ability to offload, ability to tackle. So he's made giant strides. 
Like Tony Woodcock's played every every minute of this tour, every minute. And you, and Andrew Hall was back, and you saw good touches there from him today. So we've got two very experienced hookers. Hicker Elliott has pleased us immensely. So if we go into the um, World Cup with three hookers, he's a distinct possibility. You saw Johnny Afoa today, and, and like he's the ideal sub because he's a bloody good athlete. And he gives you another dimension, so he comes on with 20, 25 to go, and he, he'll he give you an athletic prop who can do things. Sam Whitelock, I think, has been outstanding. Uh, he didn't play his best game today, but he's had a great tour, and he's he's progressed a lot. So he's he's a real contender now for Rugby World Cup. He could be an outstanding lock forward. Anthony Borick, the same. You know, he, he had a bloody good game last week, made a difference when he came on today. Uh, so you put that with with some of the oldies, um, it's bloody good. You know, Jerome Kaino, I think he showed his world class now. So you put him with Richie and, and, and Kieran Reid, and Kieran Reid has had an outstanding tour, and he's, he's world class. Good to see Jimmy play well again. I think there's still competition for that third half-back position. We're hoping that Perry's right, obviously. So that's good. Daniel, 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 we've talked about him. I think the jury's still out on the number 10, and the second number 10, and Steve Donald knows that. So it's going to be a competition through the Super 15 next year. I was delighted with Ma today. I thought he took up the challenge of not being selected in the 15 superbly, came on and made a statement, and you can't ask for any more than that. Sonny Bull's going to get better with experience of playing this game, so it's going to be a real competition. The two wingers played on one leg each, and like both scored tries, but they were both buggered, really. Like Jose was limping, Karen one leg, Sire uh, was doing the same, and both did the business. And the old fellow at the back is amazing. And Richie's captaincy is just going, getting better and better. You know, I thought he was outstanding during the week, particularly the latter part of the week where we intend to um, pull off as for want of a better word, pull out as coaches and he takes over. And he was he was bloody good. So I think we've made a lot of progress and individuals getting better. And and to achieve four wins out of four in a Grand Slam tour is special. So I'm delighted with where we are. Graham Henry says the All Black selectors have most of next year's World Cup squad sorted out, but there's still competition for some places, especially the backup to first five Dan Carter. And there's still a question of how to handle a player's workload through the Super 15 before the squad's finalised in July. And Henry says they're sorting out their calendar now. We'll have it finalised before Christmas about when we're going to be at the franchises, what games we're going to watch. And it, you know, it won't be in concrete, but it'll be a pretty good idea. So we'll spend two nights and three days at the franchises, probably three times, We'll have the ability to have individual contact with the players as well, but we just want to make sure it's very transparent. So we want the Super 15 coaches at our meetings on the one-on-one. So when we go to the franchise, we'll have one-on-ones with a extended All Black squad or extended international squad who are potentially All Blacks for the Rugby World Cup, and we'll just keep talking to them about their game. We'll talk about how the game is developing. So if we can see trends that are developing 
that we haven't seen before. You know, we'll watch the European Cup games here, we'll watch the Six Nations, we'll watch um, obviously the Super 15, see what trends are developing, how we can develop the game, pass that information on, as well as having the one-on-ones on their own ability. We'll also uh, work with the Super 15 coaches on making sure that we give them constant feedback on the way they're playing and and how we think they can improve their game and things like that. So that's all we can do. And we'll have the odd leadership meeting during that during that time. So we've got eight leaders, four on field, four off field, and those guys will get together at convenient times to talk about our <coughs> campaigns going forward and what we need to do. Our biggest challenge is that They've got to be reasonably sharp mentally coming into the Rugby World Cup and the Tri-Nations prior. Um, if they're buggered, they're going to, it's going to be very difficult. So just keeping them fresh and keeping communicating with them and keep communicating with the Super 15 coaches, how we can do that. Like we're meeting with them on the 12th, 10th, 12th? Next week, yeah. yeah. Not this week, but next week in Wellington. So we'll be discussing that and we're, we're very much on the same page, I think. Graham Henry says there are nine players who've played more than 50 test matches and that's experience coaches can't buy. Experience is something the New Zealand Sevens coach Gordon Titchens has in spades too, having guided New Zealand teams to IRB World Series titles eight times as well as four Commonwealth Games gold medals. Experience is in shorter supply on the field though with six newcomers in his squad. But they've all got the X factors to a degree that are now obviously very good footballers. But again, it's going to be a real challenge for me to, to get them up to speed to what they need to know in sevens. And, but, you know, we've got Frankie Halloy. He's a big, powerful winger from Waikato in their ITM squad. He certainly looks the goods. He's similar to Afolik Pelanese when he played for me, and he was very, very good. He went on to win an IRB Series Player of the Year. Declan O'Donnell, I think you're going to see a lot more of this kid certainly coming through the grades. He's only 19. He's physically very confrontational, very good in defence, a great attacker, very quick got a lovely step. And also Jackson Orman. There's a half between a Kurt Baker and, and perhaps uh, Bodine Barrett. And, 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 you know, and I mean, he's a very, very good player, very aggressive in defence. He comes from Taranaki, where all those other guys come from as well. So he's quite special. Bryce Heem, another big winger, big and fast, a few rough edges. He's never played sevens before, but I took him to Australia three weeks ago in an emerging players team, and he's got the goods and very, very fat, and saw some glimpses of it today against Scotland also at training. So, yeah, he's going to be one of these guys that are coming through as well. That's Gordon Titchens, New Zealand's, and Paul B with Argentina, the USA, and Zimbabwe with their first scheduled match against the Americans. This is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. The defending champion and two former champions will be among the field for January's Heineken Tennis Open in Auckland. Four of the field have been in the world top five at some stage of their careers, including the Spanish top seed and 2007 champion David Ferrer, who's currently ranked seventh. The other former champion is the German Philipp Kohlschreiber, who beat the former world number one Juan Carlos Ferrero in the 2008 final, and the defending champion and second seed is the two metres, six centimetres tall American John Isner. The tournament director, Richard Palmer, says there's a balance of experience and emerging talent. There's some players that have been here a number of years, there's some players that have performed on the international circuit for a number of years and and have come back into form. There's some youngsters coming through, people we haven't seen before. There's some tall timber, so I think there's a lot of variety in it, there's a lot of experience in it, but there's also the the up-and-coming aspect as well, so I think it's a good balance. 
Richard Palmer says one young player to watch out for is the young Dutchman Timo de Barker, a former junior world number one who's the 10th seed and is being coached by the Dutch former Wimbledon champion Richard Krajacek. And he will rates him very, very highly, as do a lot of the top players. And when you get the likes of Nadal and company you know, saying, hey, this kid's good, you have to take notice. So he's got himself to 43 in the world and it's quite likely to go higher. The ASB Tennis Centre's going higher too, but the long-awaited New Look Stadium won't be finished till June and is very much a construction site a month out from the start of the ASB Classic Women's Tournament when the likes of Maria Sharapova and Svetlana Kuznetsova will be trying out the new Players' Lounge. However, Richard Palmer says it'll all look a lot different at the end of the month. It'll be at a point we can use it, obviously. It has to be. That was the plan. There's a lot, lot of work to do in the next three or four weeks. Uh, we've got to set the place up in a week, but we've got... Uh, plans in place for that and teams of people who will be uh, committed to doing that so we will have the essential facilities up and running to run two international tournaments won't be finished, won't be finished till June but that was always going to be the case so they are on schedule And tournament organisers will be pleased to have John Isner back but they won't want another marathon from him Isner won the longest match in professional tennis history when he beat the Frenchman Nicolas Mahout at Wimbledon. Their 11 hour 5 minute match spanned 3 days and Isner's 70-68 win in the 5th set took 8 hours and 11 minutes. The 3rd and 4th seeds are Spaniards Albert Montañez and Juan Carlos Ferrero and the 4th and 5th are Juan Monaco and David Nelbandian from Argentina. This is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport, and I'm Murray Williams. Two basketball now on the New Zealand Breakers can ensure their season's back on track in Sydney on Sunday night if they can repeat their ANBL season-opening win over the Kings. After big losses in Perth and at home to Wollongong in a top-of-the-table clash, which the Hawks won easily, the Breakers regained their shooting touch when they hosted Gold Coast. The Kings have lost five matches in a row, but the Breakers coach, Andre Lamanis, told me that's no reason to relax as they've been hard to beat in every game this season. Yeah, it's one of those things you don't, you don't worry too much about their record. Uh, you know, as it's shown this year, all teams will come in and be tough. They've got some guys returning from injury. They're adding a new import to the mix, so I think they'll play with a, uh, a bit more of a rejuvenation in them, uh, a bit more vigour and desire to get to go out there and, and get the win with the new, newer group. For us, though, it's about uh, how we come out and play. We've got to be disruptive defensively. We've got to be up-tempo. We have to put pressure on them with our transition game and uh, see if we can get cheap baskets uh, by running the floor. Now, you would have, you've had your video session up there. You'd have been presumably a lot happier looking back on last week than you would have been on the week before. So in terms of you know, the, the Wollongong game as opposed to, to Gold Coast, I talked to Dylan last week and he said, we can't shoot that badly again, and you didn't. So is that just down to the rest? Or is there something sort of mental switch flick there somewhere? Oh, I think uh, fatigue certainly had something to do with the way we played against Wollongong both that was a mental and, uh, and physical fatigue certainly we were much sharper coming into the Gold Coast game and that translated into us getting back to running, getting some easy baskets out of our transition game and when you get some easy baskets suddenly the open looks seem uh, a lot more open and you get your legs into it a little bit more and you shoot it with a bit more confidence so that's the key for us is uh, to come out and play with that energy that we need to play with every game. Because that was a hell of a turnaround wasn't it? I mean watch I didn't see much of the Wollongong game but I saw all of the, the, the subsequent game and the difference was, was quite remarkable to, from a spectator's point of view so you, you every time I saw the camera on you you were smiling. Yeah we can't we played with the energy we needed to play with that uh, we certainly didn't have going into that Wollongong, for, Wollongong game for whatever reason. Now, as far as Sydney, the, the, this new guy, who, um, Sanders, what do you know about him? They call him the Colonel for some reason, I, I'm, I'm, an obvious reason. <laughs> We've got to see a little bit of footage of him uh, when he played in the D-League. He seems uh, to be a very good athlete, 
someone who likes to get in the lane, certainly very good. Penetrating the rim, um, putting the heat on the rim will obviously be good in the open court. Likes to run out off turnouts and uh, try to make something happen. So it's you know we've seen players like that before. So um, good challenge for us to uh, go out there and I guess play him blind. Now, as far as your own roster is concerned, are you any injury problems now? You, it's deep anyway, but is it as deep as you'd like it to be? We're good now. Everyone's come back. We've got BJ back and Corey's back and KB's uh, practice day for the first time this week and his rest is uh, in much better shape. So, no, we're, we're healthy. That's the Breakers coach, Andre Lamanos. The next game's against Cairns at the North Shore Event Centre next Thursday. And finally, there's been bitter disappointment for England and Australia in voting for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. They've both been eliminated in first-round voting, with the 22-man executive committee from football's world-governing body, FIFA, voting for first-time hosts, Russia and Qatar. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.